Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Guys, welcome back to the Born and Raised Audio Experience brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Um, Onyx has been a big part of this season, let's just say that. We have used a lot of maps, so uh, if you guys could, go check them out, and uh, we'll have a link in the description down there. So, so today's podcast, we're going to get into stuff. I got Noah with me here today, um, and we're going to dive into something that we've been talking about doing for a long time. And um, anyway, I think it'd be good to talk about it's two things, kind of a two-part series. It's one part would be getting a big tag. Like this year, we had a number of big tags. And um, when I'm saying big tag, I'm talking like something that's taken more than 10 years to draw, something that's anticipated, right? Just limited entry stuff that takes sometimes the majority of your life to even draw. So carries a lot of weight with it yeah and 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 i think that and i no matter how the hunt goes i think always in the back of your mind and, and a lot of the tags that we had this year in our own home state a lot of us you know spent years and years and years applying for those tags to get so there's something that comes with that there's there's a there's a whole i think never another level of urgency or another level of oh man i have to get something quote unquote big right or you know and and it and i think it and it comes with another whole level of pressure, I would say. Yeah. And so this year for three three of our elk tags between Cody, Steve, and Trent. It and was, Troy. Yeah. So and Troy. Plus Troy. I, I think we it came out to like we put in 62 years. Years worth of. Combined years to draw the four elk tags that we drew this year. So it just it carries a lot of weight with it. And we wanted to talk about how that transfers into the hunt and some like one of the main differences sometimes on those tags you'll be the only one with a tag it's not a whole group effort where you're dividing and there's multiple shooters it can be all focus on you and that can be a completely different feel that's the way it was with me this year is it's weird like we've always worked for each other right we've always been like okay you got your shooter this week or your shooter today or whatever the case may be usually in that case though it's multiple shooters within the same unit or wherever we're hunting, right? So you're shooting today, I'm shooting tomorrow and whoever's shooting the next day or whatnot. And so you, you, you know, you go that whole time for that person that day. When you have your own tag and it's a big tag, it's you for the whole remainder of however long that there's going to be people there to help you. And that's a whole nother thing of, Man, I, I know I felt that this year I had a big tag and um, something that we'll get into in a little bit is the rifle side of things. We, I didn't do a bow tag. I, I cashed in all my points in Oregon to do a rifle tag. And um, it's something that I've been getting into a lot and doing a lot of shooting and a lot of uh, learning, learning that side of things. And it's been a, it's been a so much fun for me. I've really, really enjoyed it. But, um, but yeah, but I had a bunch of people there. Uh, at one time, how many were there? It's eight eight people i think when you killed your bull we had seven or eight seven or eight wasn't and it? there was 
two to four more people on that trip that weren't there at that moment that had either hunted with us or helped us and then countless people we had just even talked to so i mean altogether we're probably in communications with total like even up to 12 15 people that were invested in this thing so how did you carry the weight of that how did you deal with that or how did it was that feel it, for you it's one of those things where i think you have to step back and just say you know what they're enjoying this just as much as i am but at times it doesn't feel like that you know at times it's like it's it's a pressure thing man it's it, there is a lot of a lot of people wanting you to succeed. And obviously I was wanting to succeed as well. And I was wanting to shoot a big one. I'd never passed up a bull before in my life. And day two, we're, there's a six by seven fighting with a five point right in front of us. And I'm laying prone at 110 yards, I think it was. And it was like, I'm not going to shoot that bull. And there was part of me that was like, Okay, how is this all going to work out? If I'm not going to shoot that bull, then, you know, is there going to be a bigger one? Is there going to, is, and am I an idiot for not shooting that bull? That's what's going through my head is like, people would love to have that bull. I would love, it would have been my biggest bull if I've, I've ever killed. It would have been easily biggest bull. And I'm sitting there and passing it up. And, um, and Trevor made a good point. And Trevor, <laughs> my brother Trevor, he was there and he was kind of in my back pocket the whole time. And he, he was just like, Trent, you're never going to kill a big bull if you kill that bull. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the token thing, right? And and you mentioned that um, as far as everyone else being excited on the hunt, that we are having as much fun as you are. I'd say we are probably having more fun than you are because the, the weight's not on us, and we just get to be there um, and to help. And so that's... There's no pressure or anything like that no. as far as anything. and. It was, it, it was definitely a pressure filled, like, I mean, not over, you know, you know, not, not too much as far as like that I couldn't yeah. handle, but at the same time, man, it's just like, dude, I wanted to succeed and I wanted to shoot a big one. And whether you believe this or not, everybody outside looking in yeah. says you drew a big tag, you should be killing a big one, right? Yeah. And a lot of people have perceptions of what the unit is or what the hunt's going like people that have been there and people that haven't been there and that's in your head the whole time and all you can do is compare that with the experience that you are having at that at that time and yeah. and the experience we're having is great and it's a longer season technically i mean it's two and a half weeks right yeah. um but that adds up quick i mean the the country we're hunting you you're not covering a lot of ground in one day you can cover a lot of ground with your eyes but it, it was it was hard to get on hunts on the same day that we were turning up animals and before you know it you're at day 14 or day 10 i think is <laughs> when we killed going man this is is this certain, gonna, this it, needs to happen is this gonna happen yeah you know and and especially a hunt like that which was so cool because bow hunting, we walk around, we blow our bugles, and we wait, and we hear something, and then we go after it. That's what we do. That's just our MO. And with this, we are being more selective and like, okay, is that a bull? First seeing it with our eyes, is that a bull we want to go after? All right, let's try to pattern it and then see when he's coming out. Is it, is it before, you know, right after daylight or is it right before dark? And then you're setting up for the next day, yeah. if not two days from then to watch that bull and just to see if he's going to do the same thing. And what was so fun to me is that's totally different than we've ever done for archery. So it's like learning a whole new yeah. trade. It was so fun. Yeah. So for background here, let's get into so you can better understand the hunt, how we 
attacked this and what our strategy was because this is a rifle hunt this was the end of october end of november so uh bulls are starting to group up again by themselves big bulls are alone separating from the herd a little bit what were what were our main tactics for finding big bulls then once we found them trying to get on them again at a shootable distance yeah uh, it was glass 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 long range but a lot of these things and that's that was the hard thing that we ran into as far as you're seeing these bulls that so far i'm talking two three miles away and depending on light depending on you know what time of the day it is depending on all this stuff it you don't know how well of an eyeball that you can get on them and so You're seeing a bull that is like, okay, it looks like he's got a good frame and that's about all you can see. And from super, super long distances. And then you're trying to phone scope it and then really kind of zoom in, but you can't because it's just so far. And, um, anyway, that, that, that's was one of our big, one of our big things was, and I think it did us good by going, okay, let's just go get close to one of these bulls that we're thinking is a shooter and just see what, you know, see what they are when we get close see to what it even looks like. And I'd say like the first week of that hunt, they held their pattern pretty well. Um, it'd be like, we were seeing bigger bulls. It seemed like in the morning and they would not come back out that night where they were in the morning. Like, yeah. like we kind of expected, um, they would sometimes even take an entire day off if the weather was bad. Um, but right before you ended up killing your bull, there was a big weather switch and the two days leading up to it, we were seeing more and more bulls move into the area and start to do what we actually expected was be able to turn them up and, um, just on a ridge system and then be able to find them there again and we the entire time our kind of motto for the hunt was we just need one to step back out while we're once we get into position i mean we just need one of them to actually pattern just one time and it'll happen and it was lucky i mean it was yeah right down to the wire that it did happen i cannot wait for you guys to see this hunt it was awesome it stepped out right before dark and um we ended up shooting and and another thing i was thinking about this morning on my way over to do this um anyway just like when we went down there and this is a not it's it's not off topic but still it's kind of a curveball but um I took everything down there that I normally practiced with. So like in the bow hunting realm, like, you know, you're, you're going to have your release. You're going to have all this stuff and everything. And you're hunting with what you pretty much practice on a rifle hunting realm. I usually like when we're all shooting together and we're just out fun shooting and stuff, I take a shooting mat with me Yeah, and it's a whole padded mat the way you can lay down and then the gravel's not super, super uncomfortable on you to where you can get comfortable in this position that you're shooting. I, took everything down there, shooting bag, shooting mat, everything yeah. down there. And when we shot this bull and we're talking, we're dropping what, 1700 vertical feet. Yeah. That's the thing here. This, like everything you're taking to verify your rifle or zero it, we took down there. Um, and yeah, this walk was no slouch. We, no. I think we dropped 1700 feet down, 1700 feet over like 1.1 miles to get down three to different where the bluffs. Bull was. Yeah. And we had to climb that same way back up, but it was just, um, part of having the discipline to to know what you need because the shot was not close uh, by not a chip shot by any means is you know almost a 600 yards so just knowing what you need to feel super comfortable in that situation and that was and that i think added a lot to it as far as like getting the spot getting comfortable with it yeah. knowing and then so we're taking and then in that whole 
time of truth or whatever you want to call it. We're taking wind readings. We're taking, yeah. you know, we're making sure we're already dialed for hopefully where he comes out. Yeah. And, um, we were within like 40 yards, I think yeah. of where he finally did come out anyway. But it was just, it's one of those things where it's, you still, you just don't grab a gun yeah. and just run out there and say, I'm a rifle hunter now. Yeah. It's a totally no. different deal, man. All the science that goes into it. And it's, it's, and Trevor has done an awesome job with that stuff too. And it's been, been super awesome and helpful, but yeah. without giving too much of the hunt away, we almost, it almost didn't happen. I mean, we, like we mentioned earlier, we'd see a bull come out in the morning and they wouldn't come out until the next day. And so, um, we had your dad and Jeff glassing on a different ridge system that we hunted that morning. And they spotted that bull and watched him go into the timber and we're sitting and it was a bull we knew we all knew that Trent wanted to shoot. It was a shooter. Yeah. And we had an awesome vantage point we knew we could get down to, but we're sitting up on the landing going, man, he's, you know, do we really want to drop 1700 feet if he's not even going to come out tonight? And then he came out in the middle of the day. I mean, so, but just for, yeah, just for what? 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And just by the time we end up dropping all the way down the mountain, he was gone again. Right. And then, so you just kind of, I think on, on these rifle hunts, it's important. You're not, a lot of your hunting is like actively waiting. It's not, bow hunting can be easy for us mentally where it's just, you know what you do. You keep walking, you keep calling until you find one that wants to play. But this was like, I think this is a challenge for all of us because we're not good at just sitting. And there were know? so many things that go into that too. Yeah. Like a rifle hunt, you could be fogged in for days on end. Bow hunting, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, we you're still hunting. I mean, it, there was times we had to just sit there and twiddle our thumbs yeah. and wait. We would find an awesome play and an awesome plan, and then the fog would roll in and just completely. I mean, there was at one point we had a shooter bull 100 to 200 yards under us on the same hill we were on in the wide open, but you couldn't see 50 yards because of the fog, and he was just bugling his head off. Oh, and that there was, was so just frustrating. Not really any more frustrating type of moment on that hunt besides besides that just not being able to do anything about it nope just having to just go okay hopefully tomorrow you know and and this whole hunt luckily we had the time because it took us some time to do it because if it would have only been a seven day season or something i don't i don't know if we would have killed one or we would have shot that six yeah we would have shot a smaller bull we would have shot a lot smaller bull but it was just there's so many different things and that's why i have been enjoying it i know a lot of people you know they've commented on our videos and they want to see me archery hunt again they want to see me archery hunt don't get me wrong i still have a passion for it big time but this rifle stuff has really got me you know learning new stuff and actually you know stepping outside my comfort zone a little bit on stuff i don't know about and it's just been a blast for 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 me to learn new things and Trevor the same way you know he's been really really delving hard into it and reloading and and getting all the 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 tiny little things that could make a big difference in the long run so it's just been it's just been a fun new adventure to do not to say I won't ever pick up a bow again but um anyway this is what I chose for this year definitely when you're you went from one side of the spectrum to the opposite side of the spectrum from never having passed a bull up in your life correct yeah never I've yeah, never passed anything. Not the way. Not the way I was. Hunting. I wasn't yeah, raised that not way. Raised that way. To on one hunt passing, who knows how many bulls, and then multiple bulls that were in range already. Yeah, I mean, how, we just didn't go after. Yeah. So how did you navigate that? Because I would say that you successfully had that tag passed up 
great bulls in search of a giant and executed on a giant. So, I mean, what was your thought process to go from one end of the spectrum to the complete opposite? It was nerve wracking for me is because I wanted to still shoot something. I wasn't going to go. I, I don't go with the mentality of, well, if I don't find the one, I'm just going to go empty handed. I was still going to shoot something, <laughs> <laughs> but then your mind plays tricks on you. So you're going, okay, so now I'm down to day, whatever, you know, almost the end of the hunt. And then I see a five point or something like that. And I shoot it. Is this whole, is this, is this whole experience going to be, I wouldn't say negative, but is this whole experience going to be, I'm, I'm now disappointed, you know, that I settled and shot a small bull, but it was down to the wire. You know, it's just, man, all these things are going through your head at the time. And it sounds, you know, it sounds like, oh, wow, you got a real problem. You know, you're going to shoot a five point bull if that's the, you know, least or whatever. But it's like, it's these things that you build up in your head before. It's a completely different disappointment than going home empty handed. It's the, it's more of a disappointment of what could have been because, uh, this tag does have an allure about it and everyone knows that, you know, there's a possibility of shooting a giant and it's yeah. something that, I mean, I truly believe after spending some time there from our experience, if you do everything right and you work hard, you probably will have an opportunity. I would agree. I, would giant 100%. Bull. I don't think it's one of those tags where you can, you know, hunt your tail off for two and a half weeks and not have an opportunity at a great bull. I, I don't think it's that. And so that, then that pressure weighs, weighs on you even more. And it was cool too, like seeing other people that drew the tag. So you run yeah. into people that, that, that got the tag as well, uh, different tag holders and you would talk to them and, and a lot of them killed bulls. A lot of them did. We saw a lot yeah. of the bulls that they killed and everything and, and they killed some decent bulls. Um, and there were some that were just like a guy waited that long. He almost, he, he passed up a spike the first day and he's just yeah. like, I don't know if that was smart to do or not. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, you wait this yeah. long, you know, almost half your life, you wait for this tag, yeah. and you're, you know, but at the same time, it's the whole, and then, then uh, the flip side of that is, am I just a, I'm, am, am I just an ass for thinking that way? You know, yeah, am, am I, like, is that greedy of me to think that way? I think when we killed your bull, it finally gave us the verification that we were questioning the whole time of like man are we right i mean if you work hard enough can you kill a giant i i you can speak on your feelings of mine i was like i mean from past experience i feel like we can but then you also question it going should yeah. we be shooting that bull are we are we dumb for that yeah and like we covered it and uh steve covered it really well in the last video episode six land of the free just uh what a trophy is to you and um for us it was just to be able to take a great bull out of that unit for what that unit is you know and and two and i i think it's uh so i'll go back into an otc unit this next year or something i'm shooting anything i am going to shoot anything (laughs) and i'm going to be over the hills ecstatic about it you know it doesn't change my way of thinking on a bull elk status as far as how big it is it doesn't at all and it just one of those things where it's like you know everybody's asking me what's the score what's the what's the final score have you got it scored yet and everything and i'm like no not really i just we're um you know, it's big. It's yeah. a, it's a big one. And so anyway, we will, I'm sure I will get it scored, uh, not officially for record book stuff, but just, you know, by someone that knows what they're doing. <laughs> and, um, uh, but I cannot wait for you guys to watch the video. It's going to be awesome. So I think it'll be an awesome one. Last thing we can touch on on this one is, um, what did for you, what did it seem like the elk behavior was this time frame? last two weeks, October and the first week of November, 
Where were we finding them? What were they doing? See, that's another cool thing, the archery versus versus rifle thing, because we're learning whole different elk patterns, right? We're learning, yeah. we're learning, we're not just going out and bugling and when they're in the rut and hoping that, you know, that we still had calls on us. Yeah. We did still call elk. We heard yeah. bugles almost every day, but, but they were totally post rut. Yeah. Uh, the big, big ones, it seemed like they were by themselves or with one other bull or yeah. so. And, um, and they would hole up in certain spots to where they were, they'd come out just for short periods of time and feed. Yeah. So, and I, and I've, I've watched a lot of Randy Newberg stuff. And uh, he calls it, they're in their sanctuaries. Yeah. Right. They go to their sanctuary. So they go to this spot that they can kind of be secluded, that they're away from everything. And it was weird. We'd hit like trail lines, like ridge line trails, and there wouldn't be squat for elk sign on it at all. No. And they did, they wouldn't be using that. They'd be using, it seemed like the lower two thirds yeah. of the draws um, and coming out. And honestly, I would have loved to stay there a little bit longer just to really more patternable as what, but I mean, I think these elk, once they find their spot, I don't think they move more than 200 yards. No, and that's, they'll find little fingers with little draws that they can feed in. And, and we're not talking like little, little nooks. We're talking huge, vast canyon systems where they're just on a set of, you know, one finger ridge and draw off of that. And they're holing up. They're mid mountain to, that bottom third line most of the time we were seeing them everywhere um and they're just in their sanctuaries and i think it's cool how you can in a month's time from september 20th to october 20th it's almost like hunting a completely different animal it is yeah and that's that was super cool to me because i haven't been on a whole lot of uh rifle elk hunts but it was just it was cool to almost relearn relearn how to hunt them at a different time of the year and the temperatures are changing so your weather patterns are different the elk are going into yeah. that not hibernation mode but they're you know they're hide you look at a elk from a long distance yeah. and it looks like a white school bus yeah. walking across the hill it is not like you can <laughs> you can see them with the naked yeah. eye sometimes in a mile you know and i think this is a pretty cool opportunity to kind of accelerate that learning curve i mean what better area to do it than in one of the best areas you can hunt in in our state so it's just we got a lot of opportunities to mess up and a lot of opportunities to to learn yeah and that was pretty cool way to kind of get our get our feet wet with this yeah and it was you know obviously it took a lot of years to draw the tag so it's like you can't ever you can't do that every year right no so and that's what i'm constantly thinking like how can we duplicate this in the future without waiting you know half my life to do it (laughs) well that's just it you know we did it the hard way and and you know had to accumulate the points and draw the tag and hunt public just like everyone else and so this isn't and i think that's kind of what part of the part of the weight of this tag is this isn't something we get to do every year it's not an opportunity Uh, we're just getting to the point where a lot of the a lot of the guys now are having a lot of points so it's it's happening more frequently but this is a little bit of new new territory for us yeah. And I feel like if we can, like, I'm not saying it's proving grounds or anything like that, but if we can do it here, then I'm just looking at like, is there options of going out of state maybe, you know, yeah. in a state that has more elk that has better numbers and yeah. maybe we can duplicate this yeah. without waiting so long yeah. is what I'm kind of hopefully. Yeah. It was pretty dang cool to get to look at that many bulls and really just judge them. And then, you know, I would, I mean, we, yeah, I, I don't know how many elk we saw. Do you think we'd see 100 elk a day? 
Yeah. Right in there? I would say, on an average, sometimes more, sometimes maybe a little less. But yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of herds that had over 30 head in it, and there's, yeah. you know, there's a bunch right there, but there's, yeah, I would and say that, close that, to it. I wouldn't say we saw any less than 15 bulls a day. I, I would mean, say right in there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we saw a lot of bulls that were pretty close to the caliber of the one we ended up we harvesting, did. too. You yeah. know, so it's like... And like I said, it's so far, some of them, they could be even giant. They, yeah, some you, of them could have been know. giant, giant, and we just, you know, you don't yeah. know. But just, just get out there and find a good glassing point and sit there for a long time. <laughs> it was cool, I think, too, is, is we did it right. We showed up three days before season, and our goal there was to just find a shooter bull and then go in on him opening day and have this, you know, oh, yeah. we're, we're done, you know, yeah. and that did not happen. But... We did find some shooter bulls. We just didn't. We just we just didn't get them get them killed. As far as never got a shot at them, they wouldn't show up or something yeah. when we were in there. But it was good to where I think something that we've never done before, and I think bow hunting is this is a little bit differences is we found glassing points for one yeah so we circled the whole unit i mean we were we we drove around the unit i don't know how many different times all the way around the unit looking for where we can see off of and what's the best glassing points and then also talking to people we talked to a lot of people out there that have hunted it forever that just go up there to see those big bulls and they go up there to you know have fun and and so we 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 really i think ramped up our knowledge of the unit fast yeah I would say, versus the person that's just going to e-scout. And that's we did a lot of e-scouting. Yeah, we did. But as far as, like, we put the boots to the ground, and we went around that unit numerous times. Yeah, and these roads were terrible. Oh, man. If they would, if they would actually maintain some of those roads, it would be the awesome. I'd go up there just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like... I mean, we were at some point, not that we ever didn't do something because of the roads, but there were times where we were dreading going on drives to go look from different spots. It's like, man, this road is so terrible. It just beats you up the whole time. And your rig, my Nerf bars, both of them are all bent to heck and everything. Yeah. Worth it. Worth Worth it. it. So, but no, it was, it was cool. And this is something that we wanted to get on here and talk about and just, I don't know, kind of reminisce about a big tag, you know, and it's, it's. Yeah, I, I think everybody handles it a little bit different. Is there a right and a wrong way to handle it? I don't know. I don't know yeah. if there is. I, I think everybody's just different. And the the biggest thing and the takeaway for me is like everybody was there for me. You know, everybody was there also to see the coolest. You know, some of the neatest scenery and some of the coolest bulls. That yeah. they, you know, that is definitely. I'm trying to think and put my shoes and and me helping someone else out. I would have just loved to be there just because that was that time of year and we yeah you know could be. You and know. to me, the newness of it was so fun. Like we've we've all hunted out quite a bit and mostly with the bow, but it was just something new find a new strategy and just to be able to tackle that and then to be successful was just so fun yeah. and that was just really refreshing coming off of september um where for about six hours there on september 31st you don't even want to think about elk and then and then you're back into it and into a fun rifle hunt and it, it was pretty pretty dang cool yeah no, I had a blast, and I cannot wait for you guys to watch the uh, watch the little short series that we're going to put together for it. It's, I think it's going to be fun, and I think you're going to see exactly what we talked about. Yeah. I think you're going to see me maybe in a little different light. I honestly do. Steve came into yeah. camp, and he's like, afterwards, after it all went down, and, and um, he said, Trent, he goes, I've never seen you like that before in my life. He says, I've never seen you kind of, you know, 
in 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 the uh in the demeanor i guess that i was and i didn't really recognize that but at the same time yeah it's uh yeah it's it's pretty crazy to think about so it's it's a real thing i mean i'll say like the minute that bull went down it was just like a completely different or a trend not that it was bad before but you can right. tell right. mostly us just being um empathetic of the weight that we could tell he was carrying and then the minute that bull went down i was just like we can all relax oh, you know man. and it was just a huge sigh of relief and it just uh, the feeling of accomplishment there and you'll but, see the flood of emotion. yeah no it's it was a completely yeah. new experience it was cool. It was cool, and it, and it put a whole new light into hunting, you know, yeah. rather than just the bow hunting side of things. It put a whole different feel on hunting, and I think, I think what I want to be in the future, uh, my goal is to be super well rounded, where yeah. I can get pick up any weapon and I can go and actually be successful and, and yeah. feel like I can be, yeah. you know. And so I think this definitely adds to it. Yeah, and the big. I mean, we don't want to just be a voice for bow hunters. We want to be, you know, a voice for for all hunters. And Absolutely, it was just cool to. Uh, you have your perceptions going into something. Oh, this is going to be easy. You just got to find one, get a canyon away from him, and shoot him. No, it was it tough. It, I mean, <laughs> it, it took sometimes like ten to twelve people, all hands on deck, ten days, and then until yeah. we got it done. But yeah, it was pretty amazing experience. Out of it all, though, I mean, it's just at the end of the day, all these guys came up, helped me out. It was pretty unreal to have, you know, to just see the, the, just the brotherhood, we always call it, or the tribe or whatever. And all these people that were actually, that we ran into, I took their phone numbers and everything and they were texting me, honestly. They were texting me, Hey, saw a big bull from this lookout over on this mountain, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, just the selflessness of other people and other hunters at the same time. It was pretty unreal real man and that was was something too that like a lot of it had no to be quite honest like nothing to do with born and raised these are people that spike hunters who come to the unit because they like to hunt where they see a lot of big bulls and that's what they do every year and they just they were helping every big bull hunter on the mountain they were i i I truly believe um get on bulls because they they want to see everyone around them succeed um and that was a completely new dynamic of hunting that we had not experienced i mean it was like the complete opposite of of combat hunting i mean it was i've never been on a hunt where everybody is so helpful yeah so helpful there was no secrets there was no nothing even between we talked to other big bull hunters and we never got you know the cold shoulder once in conversation we would show them bulls that hey you know is this something you're interested in and the conversation would go from there and so that was something that was pretty spectacular to be a part of yeah yeah all in all just it was a it was an amazing amazing time and like i said i cannot wait for you guys to see it but um Anyway, it'll be on Land of the Free. It's going to be on uh, later in the episodes, probably. I'm not sure we're going to, when we're going yeah. to air it, but just we'll kind have, of stay posted. Um, we'll have a couple other elk hunts before then, teaser, uh, some Idaho stuff. You may get to see a couple bulls die, then, oh, then yeah. Trent's, Trent's uh, series will follow up shortly after. But it was a big win. Get out and try something new out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I think that's a big takeaway. I think if there's something that interests you, I don't know what, you know, whatever it may be in the, in the hunting realm, 
Um, yeah, or in life. I mean, not even just hunting, you know, in life. Maybe you want to try to be a better cook or maybe you, whatever the, whatever the case may be, get out of the comfort zone, get out there and just try some stuff. And what I did is uh, went about the whole shooting game is I just delved into, I went into a couple competitions and did those and stuff like that. And I learned a lot from these guys that are, that are shooting like comp shoots and stuff and, and just, you know, gain knowledge wherever you can. And, uh, yeah. anyway, and then base your own, base your own baseline off of the, all that knowledge that you gained. And, um, that's, that's one of my big, big recommendation takeaways. Awesome. So cool. Well, guys, thank you for listening to this one and uh, we will see you on the next one.